Hello and welcome to the Sports Ethos DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike Patria, joined by the one and only, the stud himself, Harris Kermani. We're here to break down this Thursday five-game slate. It is March 24th. Harris, my good buddy. Missed you, man. It's only been three days, and I missed you. How you How you been? Exactly. It just feels like it's longer when I'm not doing a when I'm not doing a podcast or hang, hanging out with uh, with you or dealing with 12 game slates. But I'm doing well. I mean, we've had uh, pretty much like a rainstorm going on for the last like couple of hours over here. So I'm at some point I was worried that it might knock my electricity out, but we're okay for now. So kind of keeping uh, knocking on wood as far as that's concerned. But otherwise, and otherwise can't complain, man. It's been a good week. It's been couple of fun games. Tomorrow is going to be a fun game. I'm looking forward to uh, heading down to the arena to watch their apps take on Cleveland. And, well, we'll get to see what that means from a DFS perspective as well. Look at that segue, man. Look at that segue. At that. Uh, yeah, no. I actually just went through my, I think it was my second tornado warning since I've been here in Dallas. Something I'm not used to being a northeast, northeasterner, northeasterner, northeastern's a storm as well. But, um, yeah, that's not, those don't happen in Connecticut very often. Uh, but yeah, there was a tornado warning and it was pissing rain, as they say down here. Uh, high winds, everything else. Tornado was probably about 60 miles away. So close enough where you, you felt some pretty high winds, but dodged us, kept the power. Everything else was good to go. Uh, not looking forward to being in one of those, uh, needless to say. But we got five good games to talk about, my friend. I'm looking forward to this slate. Nice little calm five-game slate, but still enough action and some good games. I mean, these are all pretty pretty fancy-friendly games that we're going to talk about, so there's going to be some good action. It's not going to be one of those slates where we're like, yeah, I'll take a pass. Uh, there's going to be good action in all these. But before we jump into anything, quick shout-out to our presenting sponsor over at Thrive Fantasy. Guys, come prop up with us over on Thrive Fantasy this NBA season. Thrive is the number one, and I mean it, number one daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. Thrive, you eliminate the countless hours of research and focus only on the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. You choose 10 of 20 available player prop bets to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fancy value for both the over and under based on how likely it is to hit. You hit the most props, rack up the most points, and win your share of a prize pool. Thrive is awarded over $50,000 in guaranteed prizes weekly and over $6 million so far. So when you sign up, Make sure you use that promo code ETHOS, that is E-T-H-O-S, and receive a 100% instant first deposit match on up to $100. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store, Play Store, or by visiting their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop today. Hi, Harris. I'm ready to do this. I actually, so fun fact, I just had a one of the biggest meetings uh, for my day job at our company where I had to do presentations. Uh, in front of uh, several thousand employees and all that, had to do trainings and all that kind of stuff. And everyone asked me, you know, why you, well, you're a good speaker, you're eloquent. And I said, <laughs> you could you could thank DFS for that. It's it's been uh, you know several several hundred shows of of talking into a microphone. I think uh, that that helped me guide my way there. So a big shout out to our listeners for that because without you guys, I wouldn't be doing these shows. Uh, and I got kudos from some some bosses above. Uh, so I got to give uh, I got to give credit where it's due. 
And that's, there you go. <laughs> that's, that's transferable skills for you. That's for sure. Oh well, yeah, yeah. Believe me. And then after that, my boss was asking me for DFS plays. Uh, listen, if if you're good at DFS and you and you have significant you know employees or others or anybody else asking for plays, just say no. It's never worth it because the one night that you lose, uh, you know, you got to hear about the whole next day. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that was me about three days ago. Really bad night, but. Since then, it's been three consecutive profitable nights, and we're going to make it four right here, Harris. So why don't we start off with Cleveland, traveling to Toronto, taking on your wraps. You're going to this game, so you're going to have to give us an inside scoop if Freddie's not out there warming up. Uh, but do you, you think he's playing? I think he's playing. He's not on the injury report. Jared Allen, Rajon Rondo, Colin Sexton, Dean Wade all ruled out. We know those names. Before the Raptors, OG upgraded to questionable. And then we have Malachi Flynn still ruled out. Gary Trent Jr. is questionable. Those are the major names that we need to be considering. Uh, as far as a game total, we're looking at – oh, no game total. But the Raps are favored by three and a half. So I will pass uh, – I'll take Cleveland, man. It, does, it never feels right. I know you usually do the away teams. I do the home teams. But it doesn't feel right when I take the Raptors from you. Uh, so I'll start, I'll start off here with Cleveland. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, Garland coming in at 9,700. Uh, it's an expensive price tag for Garland. It's probably the highest one we've seen from this season so far. He's coming off of a 61 DK point game. Listen, I'll be frank here. I love Darius Garland. I play him all the time. I I, I get massive shares of Garland on a night-to-night basis. I'm just not going to be playing him at 9,700 with some of these other options that we have on the slate. You know, we we have we'll get to some of these other guys, but I, I don't want to spoil the fun. Bottom line, I think we have better guard options on this slate where I don't necessarily need to go there at 9,700. If anything, um, I don't mind looking at Karis LeVert. He only played 16 minutes in that last one. But let people be afraid of that. He drew five fouls pretty early in the game. We already been told that the minutes limit is going to get increased. We've seen him play 29 minutes against Denver. And I'm, I'm assuming he's going to play at least 30 minutes, 28 to 30 minutes in this one. I'm not saying he's going to play 36. But 28 to 30 and 5,800. Sign me up, man. I'm good with that. I'm going to have loads of Karis LeVert on the slate. I do like him. I, I think you continue going back and forth between the front courts. If you want to look at Mobley, if you want to look at Marketing, both those guys are certainly in play. Marketing just seems like he's a fair cash play. He has some GPP upside. He's going to hit it probably you know, once every four to five games. So not going to be a primary option of mine. I think I'd rather lean like LeVert for $300 less, knowing that he's a guy that has no problem garnering the usage. And then, like I said, I think Evan Mobley is certainly in play. He's averaging 40 DK points against your Raps this year uh, in 37 minutes. So 7,800 certainly in play. So those are going to be my two primary options uh, between Levert and Mobley. And I'll sprinkle a tiny bit of marketing in, but not going to go crazy there. I'll probably call it a day right there. I will pass it over to you if there's anything else you want to touch on. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you with uh, the vast majority of, things of those guys. I really do like Levert in general. And 5,800, as you said, he's getting a bit of a price drop because of the fact that he drew those fouls. So definitely something to keep in mind and be a little bit smart about it. I do like marketing at that 6,100 price tag. One, he's done well against the Raptors. He stretches out that floor. They end up having to push like Boucher up against him, and that never Never really ends up ending all that well for us on the defensive end for as much as he can be a spark plug on the other end. But right there with the, the Mobley pick is fellow. He's probably going to be, if I'm looking at outside of Levert, the one guy that I'll be getting a good amount of exposure in. <clears throat> one, he did really well against the Raptors. It's just been, apart from the fact that there's, you know, front court continues to be a problem for the Raptors on the other end. There's also just that other narrative about that rookie of the year battle. You know, Scotty has been 
definitely been taking leaps and bounds over the last month to make sure that that rookie battle isn't over. But hey, NBA just released their rookie ladder list, and he's uh, sitting clinging in third behind Mobley and uh, Mobley and Cade, which was personally surprising. But we're gonna have to see how that ends up kind of playing oh, into yeah. it. Dude, he should be ahead of Cade. Yeah. Um, stats stats don't tell the whole story. Uh, that's uh, yeah, I'm a big proponent in that. You can see guys put up stats all the time. Like, you know, if you're going to sit here and tell me Hassan Whiteside's good because he hit 20 and 20, <laughs> uh, I, I will look you dead in your eyes until you know. Same thing with Andre Drummond. Stats aren't everything. Uh, Scotty should be well ahead of him. Yeah, you'd think so, especially with, uh, you know, considering Mobley's biggest asset has been how game-changing he's been on the defensive end. Scotty, just on the other hand, just keeps taking leaps and bounds on the offensive end while still being a defensive stalwart. You have to be if you're going to play minutes on the Raptors. So really looking forward to that kind of matchup. The fact that both of them are in that same kind of price tag range has got me a good bit of interest to kind of throw them at each other head-to-head, which kind of I can move into as far as the Raptors themselves are concerned, which you spoke about the injury report on there. We know Gary Trent and OG are both listed as questionable. I would be seriously surprised if OG ends up playing this game. If anything, uh, I have a feeling they would you know, save him for that weekend game against Indiana. If they want to try to bring him back, give him a couple more days out there, but for him to be upgraded to questionable, that's great news just in general for the Raptors. who really could use him out there and then save with Gary Trent, you know, questionable with his toe. We'll have to see if he actually ends up playing, but if he doesn't, First and foremost, that Pascal Siakam price tag, I've been pretty much waiting for this price tag to get back to this point because this is where I pretty much end up taking Siakam night in, night out. When he's at that like mid-8,000s range, that's just incredible for me. And the fact that he's not been anywhere near there since November of last year, it just goes to show you at the level he has been playing. So don't get uh, scared away by the fact that he had a mediocre game against Chicago doesn't really mean much. This has been a pretty solid matchup here for him. He dropped 40 DK points on him last time, which isn't, you know, incredible or anything, but 8 of 22 is not what you're usually going to get against uh, against Cleveland. He actually averages about 50% from the field in that matchup. So looking forward to taking him for 8,500. And we spoke about Fred Van Vliet at 82. Usually that's a, that's a great play, but I am, you know, worried about the fact that, you know, the reports are coming out about what they are you know, kind of looking to do with Fred. There's worries about whether there could be something happening with his knee, whether, you know, that could potentially lead him to some sort of injuries. At the very least, I do expect that we're not going to see him continue to lead the league in minutes for the long period of time that he did. You should not be playing consistently 40 minutes a night and have a feeling as we start to get, uh, you know, further into that playoff time, they're going to start to limit him with that a little bit more. So just I wouldn't fault you for playing Freddie, but I'm not going to play him. I'd rather play Scotty, to be completely honest, at 7,600 here. And then if I want to be that little frisky, that uh, Boucher Achua, you know, kind of roller coaster ride always continues to be something that can pay great dividends in GPP, especially. Achua is probably a little bit safer from, you know, a cash perspective. His minutes are a little bit more secure, but Boucher, on the other hand, can be that spark plug to get you going. So both of them are definitely in play, just given how the matchup ends up going. I'm with you on taking a shot at Siakam. Um, 8,500, like you said, that's a that's a price decrease enough to get my attention. I don't love the matchup for him. But granted, this matchup normally has Jaron Allen at the center. I'm not saying Mobley's not a defensive stalwart, like you just said. Uh, it's the reason why he's that high in the rookie ladder. He is absolutely tremendous defensively. But if one of these guards is ruled out, you know, whether it's Gary Trent, whether it's OG, um, if one of those guys are ruled out, we're going to probably see Boucher draw the start, in which case I have a ton of interest in Boucher. Anytime I see Boucher starting, you can pretty much pencil him for 28 to 33 minutes. I'm going to play. As long as he's less than you know 6K, I'm playing him. There's no doubt about it. 
It's almost like you with Gary Trent, uh, less than 7K. You know, <laughs> this is an automatic play kind of rule. Uh, I'll have a ton of interest in Boucher for that happens. But then that will also make me want to have some Siakam pivot lineups too. I don't want to play both of them necessarily in the same lineup. I'm trying to capitalize on that rebounding upside. And generally, we'll see at least one of these guys get nine to 10 rebounds. So that's kind of the two guys I'm looking at the most. I'm not really targeting anybody else. I'm not going to go crazy here. But I want to make sure that – well, I don't want to make sure. I, I want your Raptors to be healthy, man. I, I do. <laughs> I do. But from DFS purposes, uh, I'd like one of those guys to sit, uh, preferably Gary Trent, because we've seen what they've been doing with OG anyway when, since he's been out. But if Gary Trent sits, I think Boucher draws a start, and that puts him and Siakam uh, – very, very much in play. They'd, in fact, be two of the top plays. Because then we're talking about Siakam going against Lawyer Marketing instead of going against Evan Mobley. And I'm all over that. That's just cake. That's that's You you scoop that up and you eat it with a potato chip. Um, that's it for me, though. Probably just those two guys for the most part. And I'm will. And i normally on Van Vliet. But like you said, it, it's not the same averages. You know, not all minutes are created equally, um, especially knowing that when we – you just said it perfectly, man. He's, he's been leading the league in minutes pretty much this season. Uh, from just regular splits so far this season. This guy's averaging about 38 minutes a game. Uh, it, it's going to be tough for him to continue averaging that as the season goes on. They might want to take it easy on his knee. They already talked about him resting in some games. Granted, if he's healthy, he might continue to play him. But this is this is a tough matchup anyway. Even without Jared Allen, Cleveland's defense is real. They've been good all season long. So I'm going to pick my, pick my poison, pick my spots. Yeah. Especially given the well, fact that their uh, standings as well are, you know, it's one of those matchups where they're looking to kind of get out of the play-in and they're the teams right above them. So it's going to be an exciting one to watch. Oh, well, yeah. You enjoy that game, man. Get, yeah. me, uh, get me some picks while you're there. Done. Uh, we'll move on to the next one. Indiana traveling to Memphis. It's taking on the Grizzlies. We have both these teams on the second half of the back-to-back. So we're not going to have injury reports for either one of them. In fact, we don't have a game total or a spread for either one of them at the moment either. Make sure everybody comes out of this one alive is what we're hoping. But we know that Brogdon was ruled out. Isaiah Jackson started. He, was, he wasn't he was listed on the injury report, or he was listed as probable, but then started experiencing headaches uh, prior to the game. Um, so it doesn't look like he's completely out of that concussion protocol. Jalen Smith sat out. He was dealing with illness. We know that Miles Turner's out. Chris Duarte was ruled out as well. He's dealing with that toe injury. So a lot to keep an eye on over here for Indiana. Uh, but for Memphis, John Morant. I mean, that's the big news there. Knee, he didn't play against Wednesday. Um, I would be shocked if he plays in this one. I mean, they're so high in the standings now at this point where it's like, let's just get this guy healthy. They're going against a battered Indiana team that's been dropping games left and right. So I would be shocked if Josh uh, Josh plays, but I'll let you start. We'll get back to normal. You'll take the away team here. Talk about these Pacers. Yeah, absolutely. And both these teams are coming in on a back-to-back situation. We literally just saw what Indiana did against Sacramento where really – as soon as you have Brogdon sitting out and getting Halliburton to pretty much be your primary point guard, you know exactly what you're going to get, which is going to be somewhere in the double digits as far as assists are concerned, and everything else just kind of comes into play with it. 8,900 is is probably about you know the high point at which I'd be willing to take him in, in most nights, and that is probably the price tag I'll end up taking him here as well. I do like this matchup in general, uh, just given the fact that, one, both teams on back-to-back, that ends up helping. Uh, in the sense that you might get that little bit more relaxed pace while everyone's trying to get into it. We know that Memphis right now, I mean, why would they play Morant? They just went ahead and beat a quote-unquote healthy Brooklyn by uh, about uh, double digits right now as well. So it's definitely been an exciting time for them. Uh, 
But as far as kind of the usage, we saw that it was Halliburton getting a lot of that opportunity. We saw Buddy Heald also be kind of that backup slash staggered ball handler. You were seeing that they were getting it and when at least one of the two were playing for the vast majority of that time, even if they weren't together. So it adds that little bit of extra kind of juice to Buddy Heald's lineup as well. And that's 7,300. I've always liked him anytime he can get any sort of significant usage. And this clearly happening here. He got 18 shots up in this game. I would expect him to get somewhere near that yet again. So again, with that small forward eligibility, a guy who's in that 7,000 is likely going to be the first to second option as far as offense is concerned. Definitely of interest. And the other area, and this is kind of, you know, that entire bottom point of the Indiana Pacers, there's just so much that is potentially exciting over there. We saw that you know, Justin Anderson once again got to draw the start, played 31 minutes here, didn't get to the levels that he did in that first game where he drew the start. But again, absolute bottom of the barrel, $3,000 pricing for a guy who's starting. It's just, you're just going to have to take it at this point. If they announce that he's doing it again, and then he, I would have just as much interest in him as I have in uh, Terry Taylor as well, who 29 minutes here as well, got uh, up from the 21 in the, in the game prior where he was absolutely perfect from the field, dropped 13 and seven in this game here as well. So it's just a lot of good value to be able to look at, especially given you know, there's a lot of studs that we're talking. We have the stud of all studs coming in, in one of these uh, next matchups here. So really got to think about if you want to, go with some of these value picks over here to be able to get the rest of that lineup rounded out. And I don't think you can go wrong with either of uh, Anderson or Terry Taylor. Yeah. I don't mind taking stabs at them for value. I mean, there's just, I think almost everybody on Indiana is going to be in play based upon these injuries. Like we see both these front court guys are rolled out. We can go right back to the well with Goga, um, you know, 4,900, less than 5k. We just know his upside is a great point per minute player. Uh, I'd have interest in him. I'd have interest in Halliburton. I played Halliburton in probably about 60% of my lineups tonight. Worked out well for me. I, I, he was $300 more. He was $9,200. Uh, but it was also a little revenge narrative in there going against Sacramento, who traded him away. I think he came out with about 53 DK points. So I have no no problems looking that way. I'll probably be less on healed just because of so many other options I do like on this team. Uh, like I said, Halbert and Goga, you talked about the value. I think both those guys, I wouldn't even mind Brissett, but he's the one guy going at matchup against Jaron Jackson where, you know, he can do it. Don't get me wrong. Very versatile player, a very consistent player where I do think he's absolutely in play. I just want to pick my spots and I'm not going to just load up completely. We've already talked about some good guys in that first game where you get to some of these other games that we're going to have interest, but Certainly, I think a lot of these Indiana guys are going to be in play for sure. Just keep your eye on Jalen Smith and Isaiah Jackson. I think that's the big news, and especially Brogdon. Uh, it, it looked like Brogdon was rested in this one, where he was also rested in the last one, probably because he's only going to play with the front half of the back-to-back. I expect him to play, in which case I'll probably have a little less interest in Halliburton, a uh, little less interest in some of those wings, like Justin Anderson, you said, and probably just mostly attack that front court if those guys are ruled out. Uh, on the Memphis side of the ball, obviously it starts and ends with John Morant. John Morant sits. We're, I'm just going right back to the well with Tyus Jones. He actually got a price decrease in this one, uh, despite putting up almost 35 DK points. 4,300, lock him in. Uh, absolutely chalk of the night. Fantastic play. And then you can go right back to the well with Anthony Mountain, who I believe came out and knocked down like three three-pointers in the first four minutes of the game tonight. Absolutely. Both those guys, sign me up. I'm good with them. Uh, I think we can go back to the well if you want to look at like a Desmond Bain or Jaron Jackson Jr. Obviously, these guys are going to take a lot of usage on with no John Morant. But I think mostly I'm going to be leaning on those two guard positions. It's also worth mentioning that Zaire Williams is hurt. I don't know if he ended up returning to the game. Um, played 
Well, no, I got to check on that. I don't, I don't, I'm not too sure. Yeah. But if he's six, six minutes, yeah. Yeah, so he did not return. Um, we could see John Conchar get a boost. It would give a boost to also Kyle Anderson. Uh, one of those two guys. So keep an eye on whoever starts. I'm not going to fall into the just go ahead and play Kyle Anderson trap. Um, he's much better when he's starting at the four than he is at the three. He's just a lot less involved in the offense and less rebounding upside. But if it's Conchar that draws a start at 3,100, absolutely sign me up. He'd be a fantastic play. So those are probably the way I'm attacking it. But like I said, it's all going to start and end with John Morant. We had to keep an eye on that injury. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, as far as the starting lineup was concerned, I mean, they ended up with, I mean, Dylan Brooks was back at the three. It was Bain that ended up uh, getting that, uh, you know, shooting guard with Tyus Jones. So really it was all those guys sitting at about that 30 minute mark, but it was really DeAnthony Melton that finally, you know, got the minutes that he should be getting from the beginning. But I'm right there with you in kind of those major guys. I also kind of always keep half an eye on Brandon Clark anytime he's getting anywhere close to uh, 20, 25 minutes. Because if we're talking about point per minutes, guys, he's always been one of the strongest in that sense. If he's playing 23 to 24 minutes, you know he'll get somewhere close to 30 DK points there as well, which he did uh, nearly here as well with a 14-10 double-double in about 23 minutes. So uh, 20 minutes in this case. So I said, there's that little bit of kind of GPP upside in that sense as well. But really, as far as kind of the major production goes right there with you, Tyus Jones is probably going to be the major guy that I am looking at. And while I did place in Desmond Bain tonight and he did come out well, I at 7,100, there's just other guys that I'd likely be that little bit more interested in, uh, you know, going all the way back to, um, to the first game where I'd maybe spend a little bit more to be able to get a, uh, a Scotty Barnes or spend a little bit down and get a, a Karis Levert. Like all, all those guys give me that little bit more interest for their price tag than a Desmond Bain, who's an absolute rock solid pick at 7,100. Same with uh, Jaron Jackson at 6,900. There's just better options to me today. Wow. Off of Jaron Jackson. Listen, I'm, right? I'm, I'm, right? I, I'm like, I'm right there with you when it comes to Jaron. I, I love him for real life. I don't play him enough in DFS, but uh, that dude is going to be a future all NBA I'm going to say all NBA, defensive NBA player, uh, all first-team defense kind of player. Uh, but we'll go on to the next game halfway through. Washington traveling to Milwaukee, taking on the Bucks here. Uh, for the injury report, DeAndre Bembry, Chris Middleton, both rolled out. For the Wizards, Bradley Beal, Vernon Carey, Kyle Kuzma, Cassius Winston is all ruled out as well. This game has all the makings to be a blowout, but – 12.5 point spread, 233.5 game total. So there's going to be value from somewhere. Why don't you start us off with Washington and who you're targeting with no Kuzma? Yeah, absolutely. And really, as you said, that that blowout concern is definitely something to kind of keep top of mind because otherwise Porzingis at 8,400 is just an excellent spot, even though this is a, a bit of a price bump. Frankly, that price bump is just telling me that he's getting back to his regular level of production. And that's exactly what we saw in that game against Houston and what he's just continued to do anytime he's gotten back to any sort of regularity as far as minutes are concerned. So, you know, if the game can stay in those single digits for at least, you know, let's say three quarters of it, then you can probably see Porzingis playing somewhere close to that 30 minutes mark. And that's a pretty solid spot to be able to take him. Not that I would say he's my favorite or anything out there. Again, that's, there's just so many forward options. Mobley is $600 cheaper than Porzingis, and I'd probably prefer taking Mobley over him, just given how that is. But beyond that, if there's kind of guys that I have looked to play relatively consistently once uh, once Kuzma's out, it's kind of been that guard area, right? We've seen Denny Avdia, 4,700. He's just continued to be kind of that Swiss Army knife guy for the Washington, Wiz- uh, Washington Wizards and the different lineups that they end up playing him. They just find a way to be able to get him to somewhere close to that 30-minute mark, which is really 
what you're looking for because he's not a huge points per minutes kind of guy, but he can just Swiss Army knife his way into some pretty uh, pretty decent value as long as he can get there. And just you know, if he can get somewhere close to there, I'm good with it. I'll go ahead and take him. Uh, beyond that, you know, Raul Neto is going to draw the start, much like we saw uh, the Tyus Jones situation. He's been really solid anytime he's gotten the minutes, 29 and a half in that last game as well. So if he can even get to that 25 to 28 minute mark relatively consistently, he won't shoot one of eight every single night. Yet he was still able to go ahead and draw up uh, 29 and a half. So definitely something to keep an eye on. And the fact that there's just really not that many healthy bodies that the Washington Wizards can really put out there on a consistent basis that Rui Hachimura comes into play with that as well. Just purely from his price tag perspective, his power forward eligibility. Uh, he was going to be a guy that the Wizards do rely on as far as offense is concerned. Got up 13 shots in the game up against Houston. And as much as he's not a sexy fantasy pick, he really is just points and rebounds kind of guy. He should be able to get enough of those in uh, the counting stats to be able to make up his 4,500 price tag. Yep, I'm I'm pretty much there with you on uh, Avdia. I think him and I'm actually I probably look at a little Rui. I, I expect this game to get out of hand, honestly. So I'm looking at the young guys that you know will probably play decent minutes regardless of whether or not it stays close, but would see extended minutes if it gets out of hand. So it would probably just be Rui and Denny for me. Uh, I'm not really too interested in the logjam at center. There's also a logjam at point guard. I get it. You know, Neto, like you said, has been playing fantastic. Don't get me wrong. He's probably the best point guard that they do have on their team. Uh, but with this inconsistent minutes on a night-to-night basis, I'm not going to chase that game. We had last one. Uh, put up 29.5 DK points despite shooting one of eight. But there's also a clear outlier with the 10 assists, which we're not going to see every night, especially if he's only playing anywhere between 18 and, and 25 minutes. So I'll believe it with those two guys on the Milwaukee side of the ball. Very similar. I'm probably not going to be spending up on Giannis. Um, fantastic matchup. He should crush. I mean, even if the game gets out of hand, he should hit that value. There's no doubt about it. I think he's going to be contrarian compared to Jokic because of that spread. So with GPPs, if you do want to target him, I won't fault you one bit. Um, I think if that's the case, you want to run it back with a couple of Washington guys to have it make a little bit of sense for your lineup. But I think for the most part, I'll be looking at Pat Connaughton at 4,100, no Chris Middleton. Um, and Probably maybe a little Brooke Lopez because I don't expect him to play much more than 24, 25 minutes anyway. Knowing that they have Bobby Portis backing him up, who's in a career season. Serge Ibaka, he's there as well. We don't need a full complement of minutes for Lopez for him to pay off that $4,300 price tag. So it's going to be mostly Connaughton, Lopez. Even if you want to take a shot at a guy like Grayson Allen, I wouldn't fault you, but I'd rather lean those other two over him. And I'll probably draw the line there. I think you could look at Holiday. Uh, again, maybe if you want to be a little less frisky and play Holiday instead of Giannis, it all makes sense, but I just think this game has all the makings to get out of hand. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. If there was a, a matchup I kind of scratched out where it's like, yeah, hey, I'll have maybe a little bit of exposure on Washington side, but really wasn't all that interested in taking Milwaukee here. I expect them to, as you say, just crush this game. Giannis, if he plays three quarters, might be able to go ahead and hit his value or maybe get slightly above it. But as like you said, there's just a certain stud coming up that I have far, far more interested in. So I'll leave it at that. I like it, man. Keep it spooky and mysterious. We'll move on to the next one. Chicago traveling to New Orleans, taking on the Pelicans for the Bulls. Alonzo Ball has been ruled out. DeMar Rosen is questionable. Zach Levine is probable. And then for the Pelicans, Brandon Ingram is doubtful. Larry Nance Jr. is probable. He's making the look, look like he's going to make his return. Zion ruled out. Carlos Jr. ruled out, as we know. And then uh, for a game total, we're looking at 228.5. The Bulls are favored by one and a half points. Start us off with the Bullies. 
Yeah, man. It's very much the same kind of line with me as far as Chicago Bulls are concerned. Uh, I will just naturally take Zach Levine over uh, most of these other guys, especially if uh, DeRozan does end up being ruled out. That just adds more fuel to that fire. But in that Toronto game, I took Levine as well. Worked out well for me over there. It's just there's just that little bit more upside because of his outside shooting range and just this capability to be able to get hot. So at 7,700, you're again, you're making that decision with a couple of these uh, mid-tier guards that we've spoken about, or even just getting that little bit higher to be able to get into the 8,000 range. But I just think that's a, it's a pretty fantastic matchup for him to be here. Uh, I know we don't have full on game totals, but I expect this to be you know, relatively, relatively fast paced, just given the fact how new Orleans ends up playing on their end. So we'll have to see what Chicago does to kind of uh, match with that or just outdo it. But in general, Levine has kind of been where I focused on here. Uh, Vooch, at under 8,000, if Drozen's roulette is a pretty solid play, I just don't find myself taking him from night to night just because I probably think he's at that price tag where he'll probably get 40 at most on most of these nights. Just doesn't give me the kind of upside that really excites me all that much. And between Dosumu, uh, Caruso, it's just not enough, uh, not enough juice as far as their minutes are concerned for me to really like taking any of them. So really it's Levine and that's it as far as Chicago is concerned. Yeah, I'm all over uh, Levine, especially if we see DeRozan sits. It's just that simple. Like you said, he's probably the one guy that I have the most interest on. Uh, if DeRozan sits, I would give a nice little hefty bump to Vooch as well. Uh, it's it's an okay matchup. I mean, Jonas has been playing great as of recently. He's still very vulnerable on the defensive end, um, despite the blocks that he may get here and there. I, I'm open to those two guys. I think Caruso at 4,600 is a fair price tag. We've already talked about other guys' options, Tyus Jones and all these other guys I prefer over him in that middling price range. So I don't think I'll end up landing on him too much. I'm not. I'm avoiding Patrick Williams until we can see he could play. You know, if I see him hit that 24-minute mark at 3,300, sign me up. I'm good with that. But until I see it, I'll, I'll wait. Um, again, keep your eye on it, but... I don't know if they'll end up going with a three-guard lineup if we see DeRozan sits. We, we, you know, we, so keep your eye on all that because in that case, uh, it may be, like you said, the Sunmu could be Kobe White, in which case, if either one of those guys draw the start, I would have interest in them as well. But for the most part, as of right now, with the news we have, it's Zach Levine at 7,700. But obviously, DeRozan being out impacts the usage, minutes, everything else, where it opens up a lot, opens up the floodgates, uh, as we should say. On the other side of the ball, I'm not playing CJ McCollum at 9,100. That's simple. Uh, I'd rather play Halliburton. I'd rather play some of these other guys that we've already spoke about. A lot of other cheaper guards I have more interest in. Uh, and bo- bottom line, if I'm paying you know that much, it's going to take away from my salary pool. There's a lot of decent AK guys. I'd rather play Levine on the other side of the ball. I do think Jonas at 8,200. I mean, we don't have a ton of center options. We do. But uh, in this price range, 8,200, the dude has been an absolute force over the past two games. Or he's scored 61 and 50. On great shooting. I mean, he's always going to be a high 50s to low 60% shooter. Uh, he's he's not the most versatile. But uh, what I'm talking about is the three-pointers have been falling for him. The rebounds have been up. Didn't have a great game against his team earlier in the year, but it was mostly because it was a down-rebounding game. If he gets those rebounds right and hits where he's normally hitting, like anywhere between 10 and 15, uh, we're talking about a 34.5 DK point game going to an easy 40 DK point game. So I do like Jonas. I think he's probably going to be my favorite option if I'm looking at somebody on this side of the ball. Uh, With Brandon Ingram out, we can pretty much just chop those minutes up a little bit between Najee Marshall. We'll see probably a decent amount of Trey Murphy, decent amount of Larry Nance Jr., who's now going to be back in this one. I can see them playing him at the four. Uh, And then Herb Jones, that's your boy. So I'll let you talk about him. (laughs) I I never really get too many shares of him. I don't think I will. 
I think when it's all said and done, I'll probably just land on a decent amount of Jonas and call it a day. Yeah, and hey, as much as I like Herb Jones, I probably won't end up taking him for 5,700 given just the other options I have end up on the slate. Just in simple, I'd rather take Denny Abdia for 47 as an example. I'd rather pay the extra 100 and take Levert. He's just in that price range where I'd rather him be like 500 bucks cheaper than I'd be more interested in going about taking him. But I'm right there with you. As far as Valanciunas is concerned, for me, it's between him and Mobley as to who I end up liking in that price range for uh, as far as my you know, power forward slash center is concerned. Of course, we're going to be talking about a certain center coming up where that changes a few things. But really, this is where I'm looking at as far as uh, New Orleans is concerned. Uh, I do every once in a while find myself playing some Jackson Hayes because the rest of my lineup just kind of works out to be able to go ahead and take him. He's been pretty, pretty darn consistent for the last five, six games now. You know he's getting up into those 30 minutes consistently now. Uh, his usage is never great. You know, he's just one of those catch lobs kind of guys, but he just needs a couple of them to go and he'll usually get you the, uh, the stocks and rebounds to kind of round out the lineup uh, outside of that 19 uh, DK points games that he has against Charlotte. He had been up around that 30 DK points pretty consistently uh, prior to that. So at 5,200, not a terrible matchup to be able to go ahead and think about taking him, but really it's uh it's going to be JV and that's about it. Right on the same page, my friend. We'll move on to the final game. Phoenix Suns traveling to Denver, taking on the Nuggets here. Uh, to the injury report we go. Jamal Murray, Zeke Daji, Michael Porter Jr. all ruled out. Suns, no injury report. Second half of a back-to-back for them. Uh, Got to keep an eye on that. But Chris Paul, maybe he returns. Uh, I know he was kind of questionable coming into this when he practiced on Tuesday. He's inching his way closer and closer. So uh, if you are in your season-long leagues and you have to buy this week, now is the time to find him on waivers, pick him up. Uh, If you have that IR spot and you feel like you're going to win your matchup, do the same. He will be returning probably in the next week or so is what I imagine at most. Uh, But as of right now, let's check the game total for this one. It looks like uh, we have a 231.5 with the Nuggets favored by 3.5 points. So that might be indicative of Chris Paul sitting. So I will pass it over to you to talk about Phoenix. Yeah, he probably uh, saw that Phoenix needed overtime to get past Sacramento. And he's like, that that can't happen. I got to get back on the floor ASAP. So we'll see when he gets back there. But I mean, Chris Paul already messed me up on my season long league. So as far as I'm concerned, he can sit out. (laughs) We'll see how that ends up going. But Beyond that, I I don't expect him to play uh, on this one just as of yet. We'll have to see what the final information does end up giving us. But really beyond that, we know it's going to be the usual suspects as far as Phoenix is concerned. Their rotation is one of the most kind of solid and known as far as the league is concerned. And really, it's all about whether it's going to be a matchup that they get up for. And I totally expect this to be one of those games that's going to be Going down to the wire, Denver takes this matchup personally. They were very unhappy with how things went as far as playoff matchups against them went. So as much as I'm expecting Jokic to give out something special, you're going to get Phoenix coming here on the way back. As far as price tags, though, are concerned, honestly, they're all pretty fairly priced over here. Uh, Devin Booker at 9,300 is always going to be in the player pool there for me just for how much usage he's going to end up getting. He hasn't had great games so far this season up against Denver. And that may be something that kind of pushes people away from that. So that automatically makes them a potential contrarian pick to think about just given how everything else can potentially go. Uh, Cause Cameron Payne, Deandre Ayton, all of them great for where they are, but they're probably pretty fairly priced. Uh, Ayton just never gets 
overall the kind of usage that I like to consistently be able to throw him out there at uh, that kind of price tag. He's almost a bit of that like Rudy Gobert category for me, yet just doesn't get uh, those rebound numbers high enough on a consistent enough basis for me to take him consistently at that kind of 7,000 price range, even though depending on the slate, I usually do end up on him. Beyond that, uh, Jay Crowder is probably the one that I have you know, that little bit of interest in, just given the kind of matchup it is. We've, we spoke about it all the time. If it's a, a big matchup in which uh, they're going to need that little bit extra coming through, it's probably likely going to be Jay Crowder to be the one to get those extra minutes to really go ahead and deal with that. So excited to see what he can potentially do. And 5200 pretty decent price range for him to be able to go ahead and uh, beat that. But beyond that, I'm kind of avoiding those mid 6,000 guys who are just a little bit too priced up for me to like taking them. Yeah. I mean, like you said, we'll end up on the liver uh, over guys like bridges. It's just me personally. If you want to be contrarian, sure. Why not? But you said it perfectly. I think book makes sense. Contrarian, especially if Brogdon's ruled out. Most people are going to go straight to Halliburton. I probably will too, for most of my lineups. Uh, but if you're building multiple lineups, you're doing the 20 entry max or max entering a contest, you're going to want some exposure to Devin Booker. Uh, especially because we have a good amount of value on this slate where I think a lot of people will end up with Jokic. It makes sense to run it back if you're going to do it with with the big guy. Wouldn't fault you for campaign if Chris Paul is not playing, which I think at this point we can pretty much assume he's not, but who knows? Keep your eye on it. Um, I do like this matchup for him. I don't love that price tag. We've talked about several other guards, but those would be the only two guys I'm really concerning myself with. It's going to be campaign and Devin Booker. Uh, on the other side of the ball, it starts and always ends with Jokic. Uh, did not perform well in this game earlier in the season, uh, primarily because he had like almost like, I want to say it was a season low in assists without even looking because he only had two. Uh, it feels like it probably was a season low in assists. I'm going to go ahead and say it was. I don't know. Let me uh, let me quick check, check, check. Yes, it was. Season low <laughs> of assists. Um, he did it one other game against Houston, uh, but outside of that, it was a season low four assists for him. Tied it. I would expect that to bounce back. <laughs> it's the bottom line. Uh, Jokic getting two assists is not normal. Uh, so 11-4. I'm playing Jokic. Uh, I have enough value on the slate to have shares of Jokic. I'm playing him. It's just that simple. So probably going to be it for me there. Cross it off. You know, Play one guy in this late game hammer. Have some exposure. Watch your lineup. Win more money if you're cashing while it starts. And it's always gravy after that. So I'll end it there. I'll start it there. You want to play anybody else, wouldn't fault you. But that's the only guy I'm going to have exposure to in this game. Yeah, no, Jokic is going to be the starting end for me as well. If it was a, a different kind of slate, I have found myself playing a little bit of Bones Island just to be risky on it. But again, his price tag also continues to kind of fluctuate in that low 5,000s, which is just a bit more than that usual 4,600, which is where I love to play him. So I'm going to go ahead and avoid him. I'll play Jokic here. And I just said that first game, you can kind of throw it out the window. It was way at the start of the season. You still had Michael Porter there and you had Will Barton being more of a point guard as well. So it was just one of those games that just is not going to happen again. I expect Jokic to have a big one here, especially given what, uh, you know, how, he, how really focused he is on getting the wood on Phoenix, especially going into the postseason. All right, my friend, let's wrap this up. We have our player tier segment. I'll let you start off. Who's your top tier player? Yeah, and at this point, it's really between two guys here for me. Uh, if you want to go all the way up to the top, it's going to be absolutely Jokic for all the reasons that we ended up saying. But just the way my lineups are initially kind of working out, 
it's Siakam. Siakam at 8,500 has been the guy that I'm finding in most of my lineups is kind of working out. He's in that perfect price range. He's in a matchup in which um, it's a big matchup for Toronto. It's a big matchup for Cleveland. For those kind of games, Siakam coming off a somewhat mediocre one up against Chicago is going to be looking to get himself back on track over here and expect him to do so in a big way, especially as, you know, Fred gets to, my opinion, relax a little bit more, which means Siakam is going to take over a couple more of those reigns. Right there with you. I think Jokic is going to be my top tier stud, but if I was going to go with somebody else, it's probably going to be Halliburton, but I want to see Brogdon rolled out. So there's the caveat. Brogdon sits, which I, I think Brogdon does play in this one. I don't think they rest him three straight games. I think he sat out tonight's game because it's the front half of a back-to-back, but uh, I will lean with my man Jokic no matter what when it's all said and done. And then go over to your mid-tier range, which we got some good options here. Yeah, you say my guy, I'll be, I'm going to be angry. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'm going to say that uh, <laughs> it's been the train that I've been riding for a little bit now, but it is going to be Zach Levine at 7,700 that uh, I'm looking at as my mid-tier guy. Especially, you know, that DeRozan news is just going to be kind of the gravy on top, but that price tag in general is just something I'm always super excited to be able to take a high kind of octane upside player. He's in that same kind of category as D'Angelo Russell for me. It's just a great GPP guy to be able to take. And the fact that his floor is still pretty secure, just based on how much usage he does end up getting Levine at 7,700 just makes all the sense in the world to me. Hey, listen, I don't fault you. It's a great pick. Uh, I had a backup plan anyway, uh, which is the guy that I think we both like regardless, which is going to be Karis Levert at 5,800. Uh, absolutely love him. I love, the, I love everything about this type of situation. The minutes have been increasing. We know he's a high usage type player. Uh, coming off of a 16-minute game, people are going to be scared off, but if they don't look and see that he was actually in foul trouble very early, uh, all those reasons, absolutely sign me up. I love Karis Levert, 5,800. I'm good with that. And then I will pass it over to you for your value play. Yeah, and this is where I was kind of in between a couple of guys. Because to be to be honest, my initial like mark off was I'm going to take Justin Anderson as my value play just from his price tag perspective and the fact that. I expect him to still get uh, you know, a decent amount of minutes. But as you said, it's going to be dependent on what happens with the, the Malcolm Brogdon situation as well as some of that front court situation. So if everything stays as is, Justin Anderson is going to be my main play. Otherwise, it just ends up running over to that uh, Tyus Jones situation, which we spoke about consistently. Just happens to be absolutely rock solid anytime Morant is out. And his price tag just keeps being an easy chalk pick every time. Yep, I'm right there with you. I would choose Tyus Jones if we see that John Morant's out. You know, he would have been my top player regardless of whether or not Brogdon plays or doesn't play. It doesn't mean Justin Anderson is by any means a bad play, uh, just the way that I would always lean. Um, then we got a couple other options here. I wish Boucher was $100 cheaper because if we see Gary Trent sits, that would make the most sense for me. I'll give a couple caveat plays because both front court guys are out. Then go get 49 makes a whole lot of sense over there. We don't have that news yet, so... Uh, the last caveat play, I would say, would probably be like a Pat Connaughton at 4,100 just because we know that Chris Middleton's out. Game's a great matchup for him. Whether it gets out of hand, stays close, I think his minutes will probably be pretty consistent at at least around that 22 to 26-minute mark. Uh, 4,100, I'd have interest over there as well. It allows me to get a little exposure to that game and otherwise a situation that I don't really love. So that brings us home, man. That wraps it up. Now we're going to go to Thrive Fantasy. Give me your top pick of the night. Yeah, man, I get to uh, do something different than I usually do because, you know, I never really like going for the unders. But for once, with Darius Garland at 23 and a half points, I'm going to go ahead and say he's going to hit the under on that for 105 points. Has played the Raptors three times already this season, has not hit 
that 23 mark even once as of yet they've done a pretty good job in terms of making him a lot more of a passer his shots are essentially pushed out from that three-point line where he loves to be able to pull up so I expect he's going to once again be put into that kind of a role and forced to get to that double-digit assist mark rather than pure points I can't fault you there man that's a great pick Um, I had a couple in mind I think the one I'm going to lean on though is going to be Evan Mobley for the over on his rebounds uh, he's averaging 11 rebounds in two games, 37 minutes against your Raptors this season already. Uh, we have a nice little lower over, um, knowing that he's is that going to be that starting center going against your Raptors at eight and a half. I'm good with that one. I'll take the over for 110 points. I was thinking about taking it under as well, man. I think I was thinking about two on the Giannis 29 and a half points, but then I thought, yeah, you know what? If they blow him out, he's going to have to do that anyway. It's worth 110. Uh, give me the 110 with Mobley, and that is it that is the entire slate so as always guys thank you for listening thank you for tuning in thank you for giving us your time we appreciate it give us a follow on twitter at mike patria m-i-k-e-a-p-o-t-r-i-a you can find harris at h-a-k underscore devil that is h-a-k underscore d-e-v-i-l we appreciate the follows we appreciate you guys reaching out to us on twitter beats the whole world to us and don't forget this Friday, DFS contest, 20 entry. You'll find us in there. Come compete against us. Take our money. It's easy money. Come take it. Uh, it's a $5 entry, single entry, 20-man contest. We will put the lineup and uh, contest out there on Thursday night. You'll see me tweeting out the link. So if you're not following me on Twitter, it might be hard to find. So make sure you are following. You'll see that link get tweeted out. You'll see it get retweeted also by us over here at Sports Ethos. So... Harris, is there anything else you want to leave us with before we get out of here? Oh, not at all. I'm going to try and, as you said, try to get devilishly close to a couple of nice picks at that Cleveland game out there. So, again, on Twitter, not only do you get uh, spicy picks, but hopefully you'll get some uh, spicy videos to go with uh, with that as well. I'm sure we'll have some big plays happen. The crowd was back to 100%. It was live in that Lakers game. So I'm excited to uh, have us be back, have that level of intensity back there again and i'm sure we're going to get to see more of that on this thursday spicy picks he's picking spicy pea a lot of spiciness going on over there for harris <laughs> but yes also thank you guys for listening we will be back tomorrow it's going to be dave mankoff it's going to be santino they're going to be crushing that friday slate for you giving you all the picks and information you need to take my money uh that's isn't that isn't that kind of cheating though man it's like you know <laughs> hey, hey uh, you're not gonna get my picks at all and i'm gonna play them against you guys uh all all fun and uh, all was it all love and fun and what i don't even know the same man all, all fair love and love and, and war yeah there you go man i, I thank god you're here uh because i butchered that seven times in a row but yeah i don't like to lose i'm competitive so i i don't want anyone to win uh and if you do win you'll be joining me on that saturday podcast if you want Obviously, if you just want to take my money and call it a day, that's all good, too. But I would love to give somebody an opportunity to talk about their construction, their build around their lineup and how they came up with their ideas and, and you know, what they're doing with it. Um, so take care. And let's go crush some of these GPPs. Bye, guys. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.